Hello, welcome to Lifehouse Church Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. This message is delivered by Pastor Daniel Wolfe. If there's anything else you'd like to know about the life of the church, please head over to our website at lifehousechurch.co.uk or follow us on social media platforms at Lifehouse12. Sit back, enjoy this message, and we'll see you again soon. What morning it's been so far? Worship this morning was electric. Um, I loved it. Anybody else love worship this morning? I feel like there's, um, there's a theme through the morning. Hope, freedom, and freshness. I don't know anybody wants to feel a bit more fresher today. Freshness. You know, in, in every song I was like, wow, the spirit of the living God, fall on me. I'll take some of your freshness. Because we can get freshness, can't we? We can get good sleep. We can go out on nice walks and get fresh air. But the freshness of God is something different. Something changing. And something, I don't know, alive. And I, I want some of that aliveness. I don't know about you. And um, I'm excited to have the opportunity to share with you this morning. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Um, but before we, we dive into God's word and all them, them little bits that we do in a service, a sermon, um, I think it's a really good time to just thank some people. I, I don't know how long you've been in the life of this church, but thanks and honor is so important to us as Lifehouse Church. Um, when we first went into the pandemic and the the lockdown, which was hard for everybody. Everybody had their challenges. Where's Adoru gone? Adoru, you just come back and play them keys. They weren't, anybody enjoying the keys just for a moment then? He's running off. What's going off? Adoru, you come back up here. The time when you don't want Adoru to play the keyboard, he's playing the keyboard. And the time you want him to, he's heading off. Adoru, I wanted to thank you as well. I think this is an incredible man of God. An incredible man of God. You see, there's not just Adoro, there's, there's Ken, there's our whole sound team. You see, when we went into the pandemic, we were recording on a couple of cameras from people's homes. But we had to find a way to ensure that we could get what we do well out into the world. And it was people like Adoro, the sound team, that have made that happen. You can look around today and you can see Thomas Bettany on the camera there, which is brilliant. I don't know whether another camera is picking him up or not. We've got Patch on a camera over here. We've got Caleb Hollingworth, who is a complete legend, who is on his holidays today, but knows we are sure on team, so he's come back. And he's on the lighting desk. Ken Montague, I'm not sure if he's in the room today. But what you probably don't know is when we used to put our videos that we pre-recorded online, we'd send the audio files to Ken Montague. Ken Montague would do his best to make them sound brilliant so we could then put them back over the top of the video to give everybody tuning in the best experience we could possibly give. And I want to honor people like Ken today. I want to thank people like Ken today. Because we were put on the spot, like I guess a lot of other churches up and down the country, to bring church to people's homes. 
And I have to say, I am so pleased and overwhelmed by our team. I'm so, so thankful. I don't know whether you've had a chance yet. Uh, maybe there's a chance for you today, but just behind this wall here um, is our production room. And if maybe if you've not had a look, go and have a look in there because what we've had to learn and figure out and move forward with is incredibly difficult. And the team have stepped up incredibly. So maybe go and have a look in that room today and see what it is that we do. Because uh, I am so thankful for Tulu, who is in that back room right now. Like, Tulu, we are so, so thankful for you. Then, yes, Kath, Dan Hutton. We can th Dan Hutton and my wife, Sarah. In fact, you two just come and join me really quickly on stage. Just come and join me really quickly. Dan, Dan's worship videos, I don't know whether you've realized or seen online, but a lot of them were recorded from his garage. He basically put up a prop so it would look nice in his garage, but week in, week out, recording songs. And I'm, I'm mega thankful for that period that we, we grown together, um, we, we seen incredible things take place out of small things. And you know what the Bible says about small things? You know, the little oil you have, you keep pouring, see where we go. This is, a, this is an oil moment this morning. And Sarah, like, incredibly frustrating. <laughs> and I bet Charlotte were the same, you know, Dan's wife. I bet, like, you're recording again. Again. You see, in our house, I had to set the keyboard up, make sure it looked good. And then send a little tester video off to someone like Caleb who tell me it didn't look good, so I had to rearrange it all, make sure it did look all right. And then I had to take two kids out of the house because they couldn't be quiet. And we needed quiet for Sarah to record to make sure that this video was getting into the right place and it was to the best of its ability. So I am super thankful for my wife, Sarah. Super thankful. And would you believe it or not, we're going away tonight for our anniversary. 11 years married. We're good. I'm super, I'm super thankful for this guy. And everybody like, I don't like hugs, but this is as good as it gets. I'm super thankful for this guy. Not only has he been a rock for the church in what he does, but he's been a rock for me as well. The friendship that we've developed over this season is incredible. And I'm so thankful for that. You guys can go. Thank you. And maybe, maybe you're in here today and you've been serving in so many different areas. The access team coming back into church, thank you. To make the welcome feel so friendly. And I say friendly when we've had to be so directive as well. Please go and sit there. Please don't move. Please, you need to follow guidelines. Like that is not easy to do with a smile on your face when you're serving people that don't want to do what you're told. I don't want to sit there. I want to sit upstairs. I want to sit somewhere else. So thank you. And Pastor Paul and Sarah, they're not here. Um, and I'm hoping they're watching online. I want to honor them like incredibly high. To see where the church is today, I think is staggering. I think is incredible. To walk through the season that we've all had to walk and lead the people 
that God has called them to lead. You see, I'm called to lead my home before anything else. But Pastor Paul and Sarah, they've not just led their home, they've led my home. In a pandemic where I felt frustrated, I felt emotional, I felt scared, I felt confused. And they've led my home so well. Because what they've done is they've put a brave face on and they've kept going. They've kept trusting in God, kept trusting in in the future, kept trusting in, in God. And it's so easy to trust in people. But they've kept their faith in God and kept their faith in, in what we can't see, but yet choose to believe. So Paul and Sarah, if you're watching this, we want to give you a huge round of applause. Huge round of applause. We are so thankful. So, so thankful. They give me 30 minutes to share this morning. I've used 10 up on thanks. So you've got 20 left. But I'm not done yet, so it's all good. For everybody that served in the life of the church, just thank you. Like, sincerely thank you. And I know Paul and Sarah would be saying the same. And the reality is, my experience of church in the last 18 months has changed dramatically. Because the focus has been completely different. Many of my services have been spent behind this wall ensuring that things go online, that it sounds okay. So when I get to come into the service today, it is a privilege and an honor for me to be able to share. And I promise you this, I'm going to give you my best this morning. I don't know whether you want my best, but you're going to get it. You're definitely going to get it. I thought what Nikki was sharing um, in the offering, there's hope for people today. And listen, we do not need to be a prophet to say there is hope. We do not need to be a prophet. Jesus came to this world to give you hope. Factual. And I don't know whether you're watching online, maybe. I know Dylan, you're watching in America today. And for those people that have joined online from other places and other countries that have been a part of the church and stayed connected with us, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us online. But if you're watching online today, I, I want to encourage you with this. I believe, and I'm looking into the camera, I believe today could be a new day. Not because I'm a prophet, but because God's mercies are fresh and new every day. Every day. You woke up this morning with the opportunity to receive God's fresh mercy. If you're in the building today, I believe today could be a breakthrough day for you. But that's not on me. That's on you. That's on, that's on your relationship with God. It could be a breakthrough day for you today. Preparing this message, there was two pieces of scriptures that I've kind of, I guess, nested myself in and dived into and try and get in some revelation out. And it's incredible when God speaks to you when you're trying to find something to share with other people. The way he's challenged me through this, and I hope you're going to get this this morning. Our church, and I'm a huge believer in this, I've got three points I'd like to bring out from some scripture. But our church is here today because of those three points. My life today, two children, a five-year-old and a four-year-old, and that is crazy. 
It is hard work. For all the parents out there, it is hard work. But I love it. My son, he is so kind, so thoughtful, and he will pretty much do whatever I ask him to do. My daughter, Summer, she is nothing like that. I will ask her and ask her, can you please go and do that? No. Can you please go and do that? No. But all these points I'm going to share with you have brought me to this moment today, and I'm here with an incredible family because of these three points. And the first, in fact, let's, should we read some scripture before we get into the points? If you've got your Bibles with you, I'm going to read from Isaiah 43 um, from... Sorry, guys, upstairs, I'm going to extend my scriptures unless I've already given this. From verse 14 to 21. Are you ready? It says this. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One. Let's not forget this morning, God is holy. He's our Father, but he's also holy. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down fugitives, all the Babylonians, in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator. Just for a moment, let's not forget, God is our creator. He is our creator. Your king. He's our king. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out chariots and horses, the army, and reinforced them together, and they lie there, never to rise again, extinguished, suffered, uh, snuffled, sorry, out like a wick. Then it says this, and I guess this is really where I want to just pause for a moment. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Now, or do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me and the jackals and the owls. I love that. The jackals and the owls. You don't need to be humor, human to honor. The wild animals honor. Because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my worship. Praise. That they will proclaim my praise. Do not dwell on the things of the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. It's interesting. I don't know whether Sarah minds me saying this or not, but I've learned that Sarah tends to spend a lot of time thinking about things that have taken, pa taken place in her past. And it's incredible how you can see that can have an effect on the now. It can have an effect on the now. Here's a good example of dwelling on something that happens in the past and I dwell on now that has an effect on today. You probably won't know this, but growing up, I was not a very good reader. I'm still not a very good reader. 
So for me to speak today and read scripture the way that I'm doing it is huge. You wouldn't believe how huge it is. It is massive. For years, people have told me I'm dyslexic. Let me tell you, I am not dyslexic. I don't, I don't see the letters jumbled up. I don't see um, what dyslexic people, I guess, would say they see. I actually see everything really normal. I just struggle to articulate what's going into my mind. For years, people have been saying, you're a rubbish reader. You're terrible. Don't ask Danny to read because it won't come out right. And the reality is this, that I'm actually to this day still nervous about reading on a stage to my kids. I fear that I can read to my kids and I will give them bad grammar or bad anything to do with reading. But the reality is if I'm going to find any freedom in my future when it comes to confidence in reading, I cannot dwell on the things of the past. I cannot live there because it's going to give me no hope for the future. Now, I don't know what it is in your past. Maybe there's something today that's in your past that is preventing you from taking a step into your future. And the Bible says, do not dwell on the things of the past. And this is what I've come to learn about my own life. When I'm dwelling on things from the past, more often my head is down, which gives me no opportunity to look up. And the Bible says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now, if somebody says to you, see, first thing you do is lift your head. What is that you're looking at? Oh, it's a new thing. And maybe today, there's maybe one or two people in here. Today, you just need to lift your head up and see what God is doing. Because I am convinced that God is doing a new thing. I'm convinced that God is doing a new thing in your life. If you're online, God is doing a new thing. And maybe just today, you just need to lift your head up and see what he's, see what he's doing. Here are the three points. Are you ready for the three points? I'm going to give you all at once. Can you handle that? Here they are. First one, honor. And we'll get into honor in a second. The second one is language. And when I say language, I mean faith. What we choose to believe, what we choose to say, and how we choose to act. And the third one is really a response from the first two, is worship, is our praise. These are three points that have taken me from a young Christian boy to a man of God in front of you today. Honor, language, and worship. This is what the dictionary says about honor. It says meaning high respect or to have a great esteem. Listen, God is the most highest God. There is no, nobody above God. Our honor, this church will always honor God and we will always honor people and we will always treat people with respect. Do you know why? Because in doing that, we honor God. It's just a part of who we are. It also says this, the quality of knowing and doing what is morally right. I mean, we, we, we live our lives trying our best to do what is morally right. We as a church, a key principle in the church is we will, we will lead the church from a charity perspective as well, doing what is honorable and morally right. And we take great responsibility in that because we believe it honors God. And ultimately, everything that we're doing leads back to honoring God. And I love this. 
is to fulfill an obligation and to keep an agreement. And I read this, I was like, wow, that, that is actually pretty, pretty cool because 11 years ago, I stood here in front of my wife or wife-to-be at the time and said, I will honor you with everything. But in that moment, I was making an agreement that this is for life. And whether there's difficulties that come up, whatever comes up, honor is not just about giving people honor. It's about making an agreement and a commitment to somebody, to something. But more than anything, I promised before God that I would honor this woman for the rest of my life. And by keeping that agreement, I am, who am I honoring? I'm honoring God. So everything within me, everything I'm trying to think about and do brings honor to God. The Bible says this, right? There's, there's lots that speak about honor in the Bible. 1 Peter says, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Like he is holy. Let's, let's remember God is a holy God. He's, we should fear God. And I think we get sometimes confused with what fear means. And we're not talking about the fear that, you know, when your kid runs out into the road and you literally fear for your life, you're like, and it's their life, not yours, but you fear. We're not talking about that fear. The fear we're talking about is a reverence fear. This is God. He is holy. He is supreme. There is nobody above him. And more than that, like Joe so eloquently said during the service, that he gave himself. He gave himself. He gave his son Jesus so that we could have this hope. He is he's God. He's not just anybody. He's God. He's holy. Deuteronomy speaks about um, honoring your mother and your father. In Hebrews, um, we, we've, read it, we've mentioned it already, but it speaks about honoring um, marriage. And then in verse 18, it says this. It says this. Pray for us all. And I think this is something we should be thinking about, how we pray, what we pray. Pray for us that we will desire to act honorably. Because let's be truthful, there are times where we're not very honorable. And there are times where we don't honor people the way we should. And it's really easy at times to get people like Dan Hutton up on the stage and say, I want to honor you, Dan, but not mean it in my heart. And this Bible says to pray, to desire that we may act honorably. I generally believe this, that we can act honorably. We can, we can get a desire to act honorably. The scripture that we read, you know, about that God provides waters in the wastelands and streams in the wilderness. The wilderness and the wasteland is an isolated, overgrown place. Um, it speaks of um, not very hopeful an unhopeful place when you look at what it actually means. And maybe you feel a bit like that today. But I'm, I'm convinced, right, the way you can find streams in the wasteland and waters in a season of your life where it doesn't feel like there is, is to keep being honorable. Because sometimes when everything's going well, it's pretty easy to honor people. It's pretty easy to treat people well, honor God well when things are going well, 
God, you're so good. You just give me that healing. God, you're so good because my bank account is overflowing. But what happens if your bank account's not overflowing? What happens when things are not feeling great with your health? What happens when your relationships do feel like they're breaking down? And it feels like you're in this wilderness, but yet there's no water and there's no stream. But God, you said you provide waters and you provide streams. Or something for me that I generally believe brings some water is the way that we honor God in them moments, in them situations. Just before we we had Jonah, my my boy, and you'll have seen him running about from church. Like we we were trying to have kids for a, a good while, and then there come a time where we were successful and we knew that we were having our first child. And we just started planting a congregation or a service over at the football club. And we just found out that we'd, we'd lost this, this little baby. Like, that was a wilderness experience for me. Like, that was tough. And I always, I'll always remember this because my wife, Sarah, she was incredibly faithful, incredibly brave, because we did services here, and then a night service over there. Um, and then there was another service. The day. It was a weekend of services. And we were going through this. And my wife led worship and honored God. And what we gained from that, we cannot put into words. We cannot measure the hope, the fulfillment, the joy, where you shouldn't really be experienced joy. Because God provides streams in wastelands. God provides streams in the wilderness. The next, the next word, and I'm speeding up because I know time is not on my side. In fact, I'm not going to speed up. I'm going to take my time. We're only having a barbecue afterwards, aren't we? Something I've got to share or a burger. We'll just go with what I've got to share, I reckon. That's all right, isn't it? The other scripture right, that I've been camped in, I'm going to read it to you. So be patient with me because I've just been vulnerable this morning and told you I don't like reading. Which is probably why I'm not the best of readers. <laughs> it says this. It's titled Blind Bartimaeus, and you can find it in Mark chapter 10, verses 46. It says, they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were, living, uh, were leaving sorry, the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. I love that. He be, I, don't, I wonder whether we shout enough, you know. You know when... When there's something going on or things are feeling tough, I wonder whether we shout enough. I'm, I, I'm quite, knowing things are not going my way or I'm in a season that I just know is, is tough, I tend to go quiet. I tend to shrivel back. I don't really share my problems with people. And then you get the odd text message saying, were you okay today? Or a phone call or something like that. I tend to shrivel back. And I just wonder whether we need to shout a little bit more. Like, it's not just shout. I don't mean just shout. But Jesus of Nazareth. Who's he shouting to? 
Jesus of Nazareth? Do we shout enough? Are we hungry enough? He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, calm down. So they called the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing away his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Now, I love the story about blind Bartimaeus. Because for me, I'm thinking, he's in the wilderness. He's in a wasteland. Why is he in the wilderness? Why is he in the wasteland? Because there's a Jericho, the side of a gate, begging. And they would, people would call him unclean, unhelpful, dirty, and blind. And he's begging. For me, I, I just think, you're in the wasteland. This is not a good position to be in. But yet he shouts to Jesus. And it's not, what he, it's not how he shouts, it's what he shouts. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, son of David means son of the king. See, previously, Jesus is on his journey with some of these guys, and they're still trying to figure out exactly who Jesus is. But you have this blind man who shouts, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, I've done a little bit of research, and this is what I've come up with the meaning for Bartimaeus. And the scholars, they argue about this, and they struggle. It's the only time it's mentioned in the Bible, this story, as in Mark. But it basically means two things. It means unclean, and it means honor. Here we have Bartimaeus at a gate, blind, begging. He didn't ask for, well, he did ask for help. He asked for mercy. But he literally shouted, son of David, have mercy on me. And further in the scripture, which we won't read, he says this, rabbi, meaning teacher, I want to see. Bartimaeus was a man of honor. He could see who Jesus was, even though he couldn't physically see. Sometimes we have to dig deep to find honor. He had a high respect, a high esteem for the man of God, the son of God for Jesus. Bartimaeus was a man of honor. The second thing, everybody say second thing, is language. And by language, I mean faith. The tongue of heaven, faith. The currency of heaven for me, I believe, is faith. In Hebrews 11, it says this, now the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Nikki said it in the offering today, without faith, actions are dead. Or without faith and action, it is dead. Se second thing for me that's got me to this point, and I believe has got the church to this point, is faith. I don't think you can live without faith. People don't think they've got faith, but everybody has a faith in something. Even if somebody were to come up to you and say, I do not believe in Jesus, I have no faith, they are lying because they believe that Jesus doesn't exist, and on that basis they have faith. I don't think you can live without faith. It's choosing where you put your faith. 
And we've got the opportunity to put our faith in Jesus. It took faith for Noah to build an ark. It was told that the rain's coming. He's not seen rain for years, but the rain is coming, build an ark. It took faith. It took faith for Peter to step out of the boat onto water. It took faith for Enoch, a guy in the Old Testament. It was by faith that he got to go to heaven without experiencing death. It took faith for Gideon when he met with the angel of the Lord and he said, listen, I know you've got a lot of men, but I want you to take your men down to 300 and go and fight a battle of 300,000 plus more. Is, this, what, is that faith? It takes, takes faith. And the Bible says this. It says it is impossible to please God without faith. And I, I know you can, you can come to me today with your difficult situations, your horrific situations. That you could be watching online and, you know, you could be dealing with cancer. You could be dealing with financial breakdown. You can be leave, living with a destroyed family. There's so many things, and please hear me, I'm not saying these things are, um, are not big things. I, un I understand that cancer is really big. It is really real. I, I, I know that family breakdown is incredibly strong because I've seen it firsthand. I know that it's big. All I'm saying is we choose to have faith in the situation and not even in the situation sometimes. It's whose our faith is placed. You see, Peter walked on the water, but who was he walking to? He didn't just walk on the water. He walked to Jesus. He was on his way to Jesus. Noah built an ark but who told him to build the ark? Gideon went to war with 300 men, but who told him? Can I encourage you today? In the wilderness, in the wastelands, maybe wherever you might find yourself, even in your joyful of seasons, let's operate with honor. Let's operate with faith. Now faith now faith. I love the word now. Now faith. Sometimes I think we wait for faith. But the Bible says now faith. Walk in faith. The reality is, as a Christian, every day we walk. Jesus lights up our path. We're walking in faith. Every day. And I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we need to activate our faith muscle again. And I know there'll be people in here maybe believing for things for years and years. Please don't give up on faith. If God said it, God will bring it. I am convinced. If God said it, he will bring it. Because God cannot lie. If God said this table was an elephant, the table would be an elephant. Because God can't lie. That would be pretty incredible to see though, right? <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. I'm just thinking, an elephant? Could you come up with anything different? And my third point this is, is worship. 
Worship, you'll hear us say this from the front on many times, you know, our praise and worship is a precursor to our breakthrough. And we, we believe that. But I love in the scripture that we um, read right at the beginning, which I've lost, where it said, the owls and the jackals honor God because he provides waters in the wasteland so that those who I formed may proclaim my praise. You see, I'm a big believer. If we can, if we can keep on the faith journey, if we can keep honoring God by the way that we live, act, breathe, God will provide waters where you're not expecting them. Maybe today there's waters being produced. I'm a big believer God will provide seas. He'll provide oceans. Because I don't know how to see God other than big. God is big. He can do the unthinkable. God can do immeasurably more than we can ever think or ask of. In the wastelands, worship is so important. But it's actually something I believe we were created to do. I, was, I phoned Joe up on Friday night and I, I was asking him for a bike and something else I could put on stage and he got me thinking a little bit and he was saying that when he thinks about God and what we were created to do, he thinks about God spending time with Adam in the garden. And how God wanted to have relationship with Adam. And can I encourage you today that God wants relationship with you? And in that relationship, you will find as seasons are tough, but you will never lack for water. You will never lack to find a stream because God gives them you. And he gives them you because he wants you to be happy. He wants you to live your life full. But he also wants you to give you an opportunity to do what you were designed to do. And it's to give him praise. To give him worship. And the reality is this, right? And I'm coming into a close. I was given a bike not long ago. Um, and the person that gave me the bike is in the room but it wasn't working. I'm not saying that to be like, you gave me a rubbish bike, thanks. What a gift that was. I knew that it wasn't working. And he said, do you, do you want it to get it fixed up? And the reality is I started riding this bike for a bit and somebody helped me get it really fixed up. So it was doing what it was created to do. But before I gave it to this person to get fixed up, it wasn't doing what it was created to do. I couldn't ride it because the tires were flat. The chain was almost broken. It needed new grips because this person had rode it that much. They'd worn out the grips. They just got a new bike. But the reality is, when I got it working and the bike was doing what it was supposed to do, riding that bike was so much easier and so much more enjoyable and the reality is when we're doing what it is we're created to do 
life feels so much more fulfilled, so much more energized. I believe I was created to give God honor. I was created to live out what it is that I believe, which is called faith. And I genuinely believe I was created to give him all the praise and all the worship. And the reality is, and I'd like to say this to you today, if we can focus on just a couple of things and get them together, I genuinely believe you'll be surprised how quick God can transform a situation. And I can only see some from experience because I've neglected some of these things. I'll be the first person to put my hand up and through the pandemic, I'm not sure I was the most faithful of person. I'm just, I don't know about you, I'm just being honest. There were times where I didn't really honor God. I probably just honored more of the things that I wanted to do and see some of the results that I wanted to see. And my worship was completely different. And I think we do this sometimes as Christians. I'm going to join you, Adora. I don't, I don't know whether you know, over lockdown, I tried learning the piano. Just tried. I've got a wife, right? Sarah plays the piano, and I couldn't take any lessons off her. It was extremely hard to take direction. <laughs> so I just went on YouTube and looked at a few things. And I think Christians are like this sometimes, right? So let's take honor. Let's take faith. Let's take worship. And there are other things you can take into there. Let's, let's talk about a commitment to give into the life of the church or giving to God. And we can play, right? So I, I've learned now that notes are okay. And this, this, is, this is my faith right now. And it can be consistent because I'm trusting in God, I'm believing in God. But because I'm focusing all my time on my faith, I actually forget that my life also needs to honor God. And that sounds completely different and looks completely different and operates different. Operates like a bit of a different note. Because I focus on something else, I forget to focus on everything or think about everything that God has designed me for. And then there's worship that's a completely different note in my life. But I've realized this, and something Pastor Paul said maybe a week or two ago, and a series that we did before, was that unity commands a blessing. And I know we've come together as a church in unity, and we've, we've, we've seen blessing. But what would that look like if all the things that I could take from my personal relationship with Jesus and put them together? I think it sounds completely different. See the difference between a note and a chord? Can you hear it? I'm just behind the speakers. I don't know if it's a plan. You hold this for me, look. So for me now... I can actually play a chord and it sounds so much different to just playing a single note and I've had to learn this and in fact this could encourage anybody today is that there's so much power so much moreness when we can put it all together and I think we forget sometimes that we're not just called to be people of faith. We're called to be people that honor 
We're called to be people that love. We're called to be people that trust. We're called to be people that see breakthrough. We're called to be the person that goes the extra mile. We're called to be. We're called to be. And the list can go on and on and on. And I generally believe this, that Adora is 10 times better than me on the keyboard. But I choose to believe this, that if I can keep doing what I can, just in the simple things, I'm convinced that the overflow of what God can do in my life is immeasurably more. Because what we need to know today is when we honor God, God honors us. And I am convinced of that. I can only give you my testimony. I was a young lad who grew up, started coming to a youth group, who was on the wrong track, bumped into a guy called Pastor Paul Hollingworth, who was my youth pastor, told me a little bit of how I can live a little bit different and see a little bit different, introduced me to this guy that I called Jesus. And all of a sudden, faith comes into my life. Now I realize what he's actually done for me and how deep that goes that now honors come into my life because he is the king of kings. He is holy. He is reverent. There is nobody above him. Which means I've got one thing left to do and you can stand with me. It means this. My response has to be worship. So today, I want, I want to ask you to honor God. I want to ask you to trust him. Maybe trust him again. Continue to trust him. But right now, the band, they're going to lead us. And I want to, I want to ask you to worship. Worship like you've never worshiped before. Because he deserves it. He deserves your best.